Johnny Summers, before we get to our show this week, I wanted to tell you about our friends over at The Handlebar. May I? Please do. They are a craft beer bar and restaurant here in Chico, and if you've never heard this podcast or been over there, uh, Johnny, actually, why don't you tell our listeners about that place? Yeah, they've got a fantastic menu now, including burgers and fries. Uh, They had a remodel within the last year, expanded the menu, expanded some taps, got exciting new stuff in there. It's a fantastic rotating lineup. Awesome happy hour. Every single day from 2 to 6, you get a dollar off all draft beers. Check them out. They support us. And if you want to support them, go find them at 2070 East 20th Street. Again, that's the handlebar here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Go support them. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome, one, welcome all, to a show that is a ball. This is Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers, and you're back. It's good to see you. Thank you for joining us. This is um, an episode long-awaited for me on the movie front because I have been very excited to see John Krasinski uh, ever since I heard he was directing this film. But I don't want to spoil that too much because we are not going to talk about A Quiet Place yet. We are going to talk about some beers, uh, specifically one beer straight away. Yeah, I'm going to open this. You should tell them about the format of our show real quick. Do that housekeeping dog. Deal. So if you've never tuned in before, we are a three-part show. We talk about two beers and a movie typically per episode. Um, In our first segment, we cover our first beer and we catch up with each other about our lives. And then we take a little break, come back and talk about a movie, in this case, A Quiet Place, and we spoil nothing. So this movie's only been out for about a week, and if you haven't had a chance to see it, you're totally safe. We won't spoil it for you until we come to our third segment, wherein we will cover our second and final beer and talk about the movie like we've all just come out of the theater and want to catch up and talk about our feelings. So you've been forewarned. Also, this is a clean podcast until the danger zone where we let our mouths take us wherever they may. Clean-ish. Like PG-13. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that's where we're at. Johnny has poured our first beer, and why don't you tell me what we're about to drink, man? Yeah, so we're about to drink a beer called Decadent. It's an Imperial IPA from a brewery called Ska Brewing. I've never had anything from them. I have never heard of them. I literally saw this beer in the singles door at Spike's Bottle Shop for a low, low cost of under $3 nice. for a single 12-ounce can. And I thought, you know what? That's an awesome can. I'm going to buy that because it's just cool art. So, you know, I'm a firm believer. Uh, my current database of knowledge of wine is mm. all based on buying wine in a style that I like. With the coolest label. Fair. That's the best I got. Yeah. So it kind of went that way with this beer. And I'm going to read a little bit from their website. Uh, It's a celebration. Imagine celebrating some huge, momentous occasion, and then imagine drinking the liquid equivalent of that celebration every day. Yeah, they say citrus aroma prevails. Mounds of fresh hops and caramel malts. Caramel. Sorry, it's caramel malts. Is it? I think, well, because caramel is not a thing. I know. I think we've done this on the show, so just we'll skip that for now. I don't know, man. Uh, And caramel malts explode upon the palate, originally produced to celebrate our 10th year in business. Okay. This Imperial IPA hides nothing of our tendency towards self-indulgent behavior. I like it. Yeah. Did you mention it's 10%? No, not yet. Yeah. So it's a, it's a hearty IPA and I am, I've not tasted it yet, but I, I have this fear. There's a, there's a beer made by, I think, Mission. Wow. Good, good while? Whoa. Or just intense? We'll see, man. Okay. Well, like Mission has that big crowler can. It's mm-hmm. called like Shipwreck yeah. IPA or something. And it's like $10 at the grocery store, but it's like bang for buck. I think it's like 11%. And mm. um, I always worry about really strong IPAs because I'm afraid they're just going to be too, too much. But why don't you give me your initial reactions to this and I will dive in. 
So this beer is a lot. This is a huge beer. This is a big old Imperial IPA. You're getting a ton of hops, a ton of bitterness. Definitely the caramel malts in there add this this nice, mellow, subtle sweetness underneath it. But yeah, a huge hop bomb. I mean, it is punching you in the face and it lingers with a very bitter, you know, astringency right in the middle of the tongue all the way through the finish. And it's, I can still taste it. Yeah. So it's super viscous. Um, it pours a super dark orange too, which is kind of what it tastes like, I think. Yeah. This is, uh, it's good. It's not over, it's not grossly hoppy, I think. No. Nor is it too sweet. Yeah. It is very sweet, but accordingly, I think it's, I think it's good for what it's trying to be. Yeah. The spear hits a really nice, nice balance. And if you're in the mood for sort of like a West Coast hop bomb, yeah. I mean, you could, it'd be safe to say this is real close to a double IPA. Taste wise? Uh, taste wise. Oh, I guess and, alcohol wise. And viscosity, yeah. too. You find that with the just the ramping up of all the ingredients in a double IPA. They're just sure. a lot a lot more hearty than a single. Yeah. But, I mean, for a brewery I've never had, this is a great first impression. I mean, it's only 80 IBUs. That's really... That's, I mean, I guess that's pretty That's pretty high. high. I mean, at one point, like the, I think the school of thought was the IBU scale goes to 100, which in, in the last five to seven years has just completely gone uh, yeah. even farther. I remember getting... When I was... I think first getting into craft beer, I went to BevMo because that's all I knew. And they had all of their IPAs, the bombers out on like the shelves Shame. and I was going by. I know. Um, and I found Simtra by Knee Deep. Yeah. Excuse me. And that one's a 13.6 or 13.1% triple IPA. And it said 129 IBUs or something. Didn't you throw up when you drank that? Well, it's a longer story than that. I drank that and like four other bombers. I didn't really understand. Uh, uh, also, I'd only been drinking for like six months of my life. That's so. right. Because you didn't really drink before you were 21. So like right. your intro is... I'm just going to pound bombers. Right. So I knew I like craft beer. I wanted to get into it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this looks, the label. I was like, that looks cool. So I got that and I got three other big bombers. One was by Boulevard, which is funny because we're drinking Boulevard beer later. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think I probably blacked out. I definitely remember falling down and hitting my head on the concrete. Oh, geez. Yeah. It was not a good night, but that was, that was a different lifetime ago. Well, yeah. Don't start your drinking career that heavy. Right. Now you're on, I mean, you can handle a four loco and chase a turkey. All day, baby. You know what I mean? Um, so Patreon yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so I think it's important when we evaluate this beer. Number one, bang for, not number one, but this is a big selling point for this, I think, is the bang for buck, right? Definitely. A few dollars for, A, a lot of alcohol, so if you're going for buzz worthiness. Yeah. But it's also not just like a garbage tasting beer. No, it's very nice, you know, and I've sipped it a couple more times, and you definitely get, you know, very few beers, the hops actually taste like you're tasting plants. You know what I mean? Mm. I feel like I'm tasting like a whole hop right now. Yeah, totally. Like the hop presence. I don't think we've done a really super hoppy beer in a long time. Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, I'm maybe on a break. I'll go through and, and look back. But <coughs> this is a yeah. This is super. It's like syrupy and like a golden liquid. It's it's good, man. The yeah. hoppiness really gets me. I like this a lot. Also, I keep looking at the can and this guy. I feel like he's seducing me, kind of. Yeah, he's got like a bouquet of hops in his in his mouth. I'll yeah. take a picture of that and throw it on Instagram. I did it already. I don't know if you noticed that when you were talking. I was like, I was thinking, why did you pick this? And I looked at it. And I was like, that that makes sense with something I think you would be interested. in. It's like a skeleton guy in a suit, and he's dancing, kind of. Well, and when I was like in high school, ska music was very in vogue. Sure, you, know, you had like the the mighty mighty boss tones, and yeah, there was like a lot of. I think that's the only one I can think of, but I know that there was a lot of ska music. I mean, No Doubt was kind of in that Yeah, ska. so I feel like you and I had, like, because we're a couple years apart, and I caught a different wave than you did, because mine was all about, like, Streetlight Manifesto, mm. Real Big Fish. Yeah, yeah, no, I um, remember. Like, I'm sure some of those overlap. Yeah, but. like, I saw Real Big Fish in high school. Was it a Warped Tour? 
Because I think that's all they ever play. It's I just think so. Warp Tour. They're playing Warp Tour this year. Yeah, makes sense. Of course they are. Um, how they how they roll. Yeah, I used to love ska music because I grew up playing trumpet and that was boring because it was classical. But I was like, what is this music that uses yeah. trumpets? And it was really fun because you've never heard trumpets kind of outside yeah. of not much because no, like just classical music. Even I, then, when I, yeah, when the I role like, of a trumpet in classical music is kind of minimal, isn't it? Well, I guess it depends on the music. If you're yeah. thinking more like symphonic stuff, but if you have big bands, you have, oh, right, that's like, true, like big brass bands, yeah. of like 40s, 50s era, totally. And I remember even we, 60s. Yeah, we learned songs like. Even more contemporary stuff, but like soundtrack stuff. I remember we played the theme song to Jurassic Park when Dope. I was first trumpet. So I got that little love that song. That's so cool. Yeah. So like trumpet is cool. And but. you see that a lot, I guess, in like college, uh, like marching band style. Totally. Yeah. Like I watch like, a college football, a lot of college football, and they always have their band in the stands. Mm-hmm. Like when your team does something cool, right? That'd be like do the Imperial March from yep. Star Wars, just crazy. Trumpets are fun. Bands yeah. are fun. Music is fun, guys. Put your kids in music school. Yeah. Not and music school. If you want. <laughs> Music in school is what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, this really harkened back to a time when this music was popular, and I like the the. There's a a kind of a, a oval around that encapsulates the whole beer, and it's just a checkerboard pattern. Yeah, like the old school right. slip on vans. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, it's cool, and just he's got like a zoot suit on with a fedora and a, a bouquet of hops. Overall, it's it's a really sweet label. Yeah. So why don't we go back around and let's rate the decadent Imperial IPA from Ska Brewing, shall we? You know, decadent really is a good word for it. Yeah. It's really uh, thick. It's definitely a treat. You know, it's really nice. I was really going at this beer in ignorance. I didn't know anything about it. I had no preconceived notions, and it's definitely impressed me. This is a brewery that I would for sure look look into more. And it's where it's in Colorado somewhere, yeah. too. It's like middle of nowhere, Colorado. Yeah. We'll find that out in a minute. Yeah, but I mean, overall, this beer is really good. If you're in the mood for something super hoppy with a little bit more viscosity and a really solid amount of alcohol, uh, for the price, you can't beat it. You want to give me out of 10? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm way impressed. I didn't think I'd be giving it an 8. Right. So to, to clarify, it's in Durango, Colorado. Uh, I'm not looking that up on a map right now, but it's somewhere in Colorado, like you said. It's fun to say. Durango, yeah. Durango. Yeah, I think the point that you made is it's in the middle of nowhere, which works because I don't know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you were from Colorado, you might. Probably. If anybody knows where Durango is without Googling it, on our system, just tell us. Don't cheat. Yeah. I think this beer is very good. Yeah. Um, I think I'm right up there with you. It might be an eight for me as well. I could use maybe a little bit more carbonation. It falls a little bit flat for how heavy it is on my palate. It is really heavy. And that's about my only criticism, I think, because I really do like how it's balanced flavor-wise. Can you give me a, a ballpark where there are plenty of these left-at spikes? That looked like there was. Great. You know how the single store is like a one row of a can? Yeah, right. The row was fairly full. Great. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's April 13th. So if you are like me and you are struggling, and struggling uh, is not the right word, but uh, procrastinating and waiting to do your taxes, maybe grab a couple of these to celebrate when you finish, like I did right before we started. Yes. <laughs> it's a great... Uh, Way to celebrate finishing taxes. It's also great in general. Cheers. Cheers Congratulations. Man. Yeah, hey, thanks for that. You um, did your taxes. Yeah. Let's talk. We're going to move on now. Go get that beer. End of first beer segment. It's good stuff. Sometimes we do a thing where we catch up, where we do what's got us hot and or bothered. Yeah. And let's do one of each again this week. Deal. I have a. I have both. So if you have a preference, you can pick for you. I always like doing hot. I've been trying yeah. to keep it positive lately. What's got you hot, man? Rewatching. The Greatest Showman with a bunch ah, of your best friends. That was fun. With this guy right here, yeah, Max. And t- yeah, tell him. His lovely lady, Gianna, not only hosted 
a rewatching of The Greatest Showman now that it has been released on DVD. She went way above and beyond and did this whole spread of circus-themed foods, including pretzel bites. She made corn dogs from scratch, not the hot dog part, but the batter, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, they were uh, good too. Yeah, and like peanut balls mm-hmm. and bearded lady sugar cookies. cookies and just tons of popcorn. And It was so fun. And just re-watching that movie with a bunch of people, I mean, it holds up. It's just so enjoyable, and it yeah. was really fun doing it in a big group like that. Sure. And Shalina, your wife, saw it for the first time. Yeah. Did you guys talk about it at all last night after the Yeah. Zodom? What was her final takeaway? She loved it. Great. Like, I was so happy that she loved it as much as I did, because, I mean, well, let's just face it, that would have been real awkward if she had That's hadn't. true. Like, yeah. No, this movie, and she's, like, on the way home. When we got home, she pulled up the soundtrack. Dude, it's- And it's put it on. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to harp on my thoughts on this movie much because this is my fifth time seeing it. Oh, jeez. Uh, this is my second. Yeah, okay. I saw This is the first time I've watched it since the theater. Okay, I saw it four times in theaters. Oh, my. Anyways, so my thoughts, and I mentioned this to you last night after the movie, like, it, it it's a it's an okay movie. I thought it was a really I thought it was a good movie. I've gone from great to good to okay. I think it's a fine movie. Sure. It's a it's a misrepresentation of PT Barnum in history, which is fine. I don't care about that really. Yeah. What the movie has is awesome songs. That's really it. I it's a different direction than lots of musicals go. It's not quite classical, it's not quite pop. It's not it's it's so fun. You know, I love the songs and I love the cast. And I yeah. love yeah. the way that they interact with each other. Like you can take out P.T. Barnum's whole subplot yeah. and just give me all the songs and all of the scenes with all the side actors, and I would love this movie just yeah. as much. Yep. Yeah, man, that was that was fun. So that's what's got me up. That was super fun. Well, I'm in, in a transition to what's got me bothered. Uh, you said what's got you up, by the way, and I didn't catch it. That's what's got you hot. We're transitioning. We got to <laughs> yeah. go to the new... Okay. Um, well, here's a fun fact that'll ruin everybody's day. Oof. Back to The Greatest Showman. In the real world... They when there's that big fire, there were uh, not only land animals; they had whales, and apparently those whales uh, boiled alive in their tanks. Correct, which is oh not good. My. But it is a transition into what's got me bothered this week. I was that da- wasn't it. That wasn't it. Jeez. That did bother me when I first heard it months ago. But what's got me bothered this week, uh, specifically today, is that I'm I am online today doing taxes and stuff. Occasionally, I will take a break, go on Facebook, whatever, try to enjoy my day, not let tax day get me down. Unfortunately. I stumble across a news article that has a photo of a baby sperm whale on a beach, dead, with its mouth full of plastic. Just like it had apparently eaten like 64-somethings pounds of plastic and then died. A lot of plastic. Yes. And then I, of course, clicked on that and I read more and there's like scientific articles that it links you to. It's like, if you're interested in these dead whales, you might be interested in pollution. And I did, was, into that. No. And like, there's some estimates that if we continue- with our plastic consumption and dumping into the ocean that by the year 2050, the amount of plastic in the ocean will weigh more than the amount of wildlife in the ocean. Dude. And that bummed me for future reference. We always have to do bothered before hot. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good way to transition. Well, you can do your, you, your hot. Oh, okay. After this. Yeah, that sounds good. Or we'll just like go to break and hope people are still listening. Right. I mean, so anyways, no. I've, it always gets me going. Like I just, oh, it's, you don't have it's, to use plastic and I use plastic too. And it's like, it's just a nice reminder not to. Yeah. There's no need. Yeah, there's a lot of corners you can cut to cut out totally. plastic. And there's so many benefits too. Yeah. You know? Have you heard about the the like the garbage island? Isle of dogs? No. Transition. It yeah. is. Okay. That's yeah, what, no. No. So just Google that. Like okay. the it's the no, like now. Oh, you want to Google yeah. that? Yeah. All right. No, it's like the the oceanic trash mass or like just 
Just Google Garbage Island Ocean. And you think, is it just up. like something that is... Uh, Bro, it's bigger than Texas. What, did it start on a normal island or is it just... Nah, it, of course it did. Oh my God, it's called something. It's, <laughs> it's called the Great Pacific Garbage yeah, Patch. Yeah, let's go down this road right now. You'll be bummed out even more, dude. Well, check out its Wikipedia, I suppose. Yeah. Um, all right. It's but, so big. All right, I'll read this to you. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, also described as the Pacific Trash Vortex. Why is that a is a gyre of marine debris particles in the central North Pacific Ocean discovered between 85 and 88. That's 19, not 18. It is located roughly between uh, this coordinates that aren't going to matter to anybody. Um, the patch extends over an indeterminate area of widely varying range, depending on the degree of plastic concentration. So it's basically like these, these, these ocean currents that swirl over the course of like hundreds of miles and bring garbage to the center of them. Yeah, and it's, it's like bigger than the state of Texas now. Oh, it's such a bummer. Like the fact that there is a land mass of garbage. What are the estimates of size? Right. It says the size of the patch, the specific size is unknown as the precise distribution of debris because large items readily visible from the boat are uncommon. Most debris consists of small plastic particles. Uh, estimates in size range from 700,000 square kilometers <laughs> or 270,000 miles about the size of Texas to more than 15 million square kilometers, uh, 5.8 million square miles about the size of Russia. Russia. And it's always weird to me because you see maps, right? And everyone's always like, yeah, the earth is like 70% water covered. Like the earth's surface is 70. And like on maps, it doesn't look like that. It yeah. looks like it's about even, but I feel like maps aren't drawn to scale. I feel like there's so much more ocean that we don't see. Yeah. Because in my brain, I'm like, how do people used to get lost at sea? But then it's, you know, it's just forever. Ocean's big. Yeah. So, you know, to piggyback on your point yes. about plastic, why is that even a thing? I know. Like, it's why, crazy. You, there's a Wikipedia page for a, floating island of garbage in yeah, an that's, ocean that's some water world level stuff right yeah like you said that and it made like immediately made me think of that mm -hmm. like that is so disturbing that's to me. gross and there's like kids that are trying to they started to go fund me some kids uh, started to go fund me to get this thing all cleaned up and he's yeah. raised like four million dollars if it weren't for dumb kids thinking they could change the world nothing would ever get done seriously i love i am one yeah i think the, that's great well and then even the next generation the younger people yeah you know we're, we have to phase away like from dumb stuff I know i'm not a hippie and i'm not gonna get on a soapbox no that's you know i mean it's just a reality of yeah. the world we live in it's got an expiration date if we keep screwing it up i heard an analogy before we go to break i heard an analogy the other day that is messed up but also funny and true kind of okay i'm gonna say funny you don't have to think it's true somebody said uh you sit down your friend convinces you to watch a movie with them and it's their favorite movie and you think you hate this movie but you're gonna watch it for your friend and then um you want to grab those? Yeah. There's no cover in that, I don't think. Johnny dropped his headphones taking a drink. I love it. Yes. Uh, that's the only only drawback to really short hair is that it just slips right off. Right off. Anywho, friend wants you to watch a movie, and you'll do it for your friend, but then five minutes into the movie, your friend gets up and leaves, and you have to watch the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is that old people shouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> and that was the meme. And oh kind of like, like old people because of death. Yeah. Then they, I don't know. Yeah. So let's do this for the planet, and then we're leaving. Right. Yeah. yeah. That sort of thing. That's the argument, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it's not just, a good argument. No. People should be allowed to vote. But and you know, it doesn't really matter. It's funny. It does not matter what side of anything even remotely political you fall on. Yeah. I think we can all agree that an ocean full of like garbage a, an island go up to the what was the name of it the the two names right. of a pacific vortex uh, what was that no the second one was the uh the north pacific oh no that's the actual the pacific ocean. trash vortex yeah having an island of garbage in the ocean the size of texas 
no matter who you are, seems like a real bad idea. Well, it's not a good idea. No. But, uh, yeah, and I, I'm with you. That's not not ideal. But question, man, what do you say we go to a break and then come back and start talking about A Quiet Place? Let's do it. This has been a delicious beer. Okay, that sounds great. We will be back. Please don't go anywhere. We love your ears, and we will talk to them in just one second. Hey, Max, do you like having awesome times with great people? Oh, for sure, man. Do you like opening really crazy bottles of beer with some of the raddest people in Chico? Check. Do you love supporting this podcast? Check. Well, then you should join Patreon. Oh, I know about Patreon. I'm on it. Yeah, we created it for this show because it's the easiest way that you can keep making this happen. That's right. If you don't know what this is, it's a way for you to donate on a small or large level, whatever you prefer. You can give us a dollar per episode and we give you fun perks back. You can join us for events. You can help us pick out what we talk about on the show. It's a whole big list of things. You just go to patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. You can see all that stuff there for yourself. You can sign up in like two minutes and you have a brand new set of friends. And if you want to be as cool as one Mr. Jared Schmidt, I will cook you dinner. That's right, Jared. We want to give you a shout out. Thank you so much for changing that up and uh, joining us on one of our top tiers. Uh, We love you, buddy. Can't wait to talk to you soon and cook you dinner. That's right. And if you want to get that kind of VIP treatment, check out our tiered reward system on patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Let's talk about A Quiet Place, shall we? Oh my goodness, let's talk. Uh, Here's what I want to talk about this segment. Without spoilers, again, we're not going to spoil anything from A Quiet Place if you've not seen it. What I do want to talk about is all the stuff about the movie production and cast and all that. I also want to talk about our viewing experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's appropriate for this. uh, Oh, it's vital to this movie. Definitely vital to the movie, um, which is the only reason we're going to spend time because it's it's one of the most... um, deserving of regulation viewing experiences that a movie I've seen in a theater has gotten or needs. 100%. Okay, so. Give me some raw, just brutal data about this movie. So A Quiet Place is a film uh, directed by John Krasinski. It's about this family called the Abbots who are doing their best to survive in this post-apocalyptic world where uh, most of humanity has been wiped out and is constantly being hunted by these monsters, which are blind but have intense hearing, can hear you feasibly from miles away they're all ears and they're nice they're all head ears and then they <laughs> they hunt you down and they kill you uh so it's a family of four uh to f- well there's there's a family i guess there's kids i don't want to i won't give away there's a, there's a change you're just you're digging this is not spoiler because emily blunt is pregnant that's what i didn't want to give away but she's pregnant in the trailers i feel fine saying that mm-hmm. um so there's there's a baby on the way and they live in this farmhouse and uh the entire movie is basically just them uh, hoping to survive. Trying to not die. Yeah, and I think the movie picks up about a month or two into the first time mm-hmm. these these monsters appeared. Yeah. Okay. When was it released? Right. So this came out about a week ago for us. Uh, I will say, you know, I'm going to do a little turn here. I meant to do this on the break. I'm going to turn so I don't have to oh, be so awkward. You doing a turny poo? Just a little turn. Uh, that's, that's a nice, that's oh, a nice yeah. adjustment. Okay. So, Titan, good. We're good. So this came out April 6th, which was, uh, like I said, about a week ago for us. As of today, actually as of yesterday, excuse me, it's made $67 million, which April, is great. April 12th. What did I say? Yesterday, April 12th. Yes, Because this right, drops right. on Monday. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, it's just over an hour and a half long, which felt appropriate to me. It didn't feel too dragged out, but it was also uh, not, it felt like they hit the, the points they needed to. Like we said, it stars John Krasinski, Emily Blunt as the two Abbott parents, and Millicent Simmons. Great name. Simmons. Uh, as their deaf daughter. Millicent. Millicent. She goes by Millie. Uh, fun fact about her, she actually is deaf in real life. She doesn't go by Millie. That's her real name. Her no, no, I know. 
No, Millicent is her name, but her nickname oh, I, is Millie. I thought you meant in the movie. I was reading on her IMDb. Ah, Anyways, she, she's been deaf since she was really young, uh, thanks to a medicine overdose as a kid. Is that the backstory in the movie? No, or that's, is... that's the actress. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so she's actually deaf? She's actually deaf. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so great, great casting. That and, is uh, crazy. You know. Anyways, How this is- How uh, First weekend. It's done very well. Um, it's actually been like the number one movie for, for the whole week it's been out, as far as I can tell. Wow. Uh, we can probably get into that more a little bit later, but I do want to get into our initial thoughts. Yeah, let's do it. What do you think? I love this movie. This is a horror movie. I didn't say that. Definitely. It's a suspense horror If you didn't get film. it by the monster trying to kill you right. the whole movie. It's not like some weird comedy. What's like a comedy horror? Like Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, or like Mars Attacks or yeah, something. Yeah, sure. It's not one of those. This yeah. is a legit scary movie. Okay. Yeah. Definitely uh, a master class in suspense. For sure. I In my so opinion, it's going to be an immediate classic as far as horror goes. And PG-13, horror and suspense especially, that is a rating in a genre that is massively awful. There are so many horrible PG-13 movies that come out that try and be scary. Yeah, totally. That are all just jump scares and copies of Paranormal Activity or Cloverfield. It's just... It's been a very, very dry, desert-like situation in the PG-13 horror movie. Yeah, there's one coming out. Actually, I think it's out now, right? That Truth or Dare movie? Uh, yeah, it is out are we, We're not seeing that. Nope. Right, the great. fans have decided we are not doing that movie. I'm going to plug that now, too. Sometimes we put on polls. We put polls on our Instagram. Yeah. If you want to help us decide what we usually like, do you want us to see this or this? Uh, that movie got voted out pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. That's Instagram at Fresh Top Cinema. I'm done. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> So yes, I really believe that this is going to go down as a, a horror classic. In my opinion, it is a modern-day masterpiece when it comes to the use of suspense and silence as it relates to fear and eliciting a response both physical and mental from an audience. It was superb. Fair. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this too quite a bit. I think it's um, I think it's very good. It's It's not a perfect movie for me. I do think the use of sound and lack thereof is incredibly well done. The integration of a deaf character and the points of view we get from her is awesome. Because I think a lot of the time in scary movies, especially ones that are more traditional, you have, you know, like loud, like piano music and it gets bigger and bigger than it's quiet. And then boom, something jumps out at you, right? That happens sometimes here, but instead of something going boom and jumping out, it's actually more silence. And like in a lot of cases from, from the daughter's perspective, we don't get any sound. Yeah. We just see what's happening around her and she's mm -hmm. often oblivious to it. Uh, and I think that's really, really interesting. It's a really interesting way to do things. Yeah. This movie captured that silence before a jump scare. Yes. And it was a whole hour and a half of that. Yeah. So maybe I'm turning again. I'm sorry about this. Yeah. Then that was maybe one of my favorite aspects. It's yeah. Just that feeling of tension and anxiety and just, oof. I mean, there was times where I was like, clenching my fists in this mm -hmm. movie it was phenomenal yeah i think they did a good job world building here too there's uh, most mostly this movie takes place on their their farm mm -hmm. but there's a couple of scenes where they go into town and have to have to traverse different at one point obstacles. one of the kids is sick and they have to go into a pharmacy and right. find some antibiotics of yeah. some sort and you see that they're from sort of like an overhead drone shot they're walking on this path of some kind and, and you find out it's actually sand that they've laid to be even quieter when when they need to move around um, and it was all really believable. The town looked dilapidated enough and it wasn't like over time it had cleared out or there was a bomb. Like it was just people dropped it and they either died or went into hiding. Yeah. And one of the coolest aspects of this movie also was it was a very obvious uh, dystopian kind of sure. post-apocalyptic world. 
What I liked was they didn't overdo it with backstory. There was True. no, you didn't get, you know, two months in their life before something happened. Yeah. It was just, this world's messed up. Here yeah. we go into it, which I liked. They just threw us into it and you yeah. kind of figured it out as you went. Yeah. See, that's, that's kind of the problem that I had with that, that Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. Because mm. cause you have a lot, and it was cleverly done as far as exposition goes and explaining to us what happened, but you'd have like a scene where he's in his kitchen, he opens the refrigerator door and it opens towards us, but there's a newspaper clipping. Or like the news will be on in the background of an old thing. It's like today, the whatever, the zombie, I hate yeah. to say zombies, but that sort of thing. And here it's just basically like, this is what you got. Adapt to your environment. As a viewer, you're just in this. Yep. Which is literally great. no explanation at yeah. the beginning of the movie as to what's going on, what's hunting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he does. So the only information we do get basically comes from his, his layer, John Krasinski's layer. He's, uh, you, you know, he's got communicate, he's got radios and newspaper clippings there. And, and yeah. we kind of get a brief overview, but mostly it's his notes. It's like, oh, how many in the area and, and what are their weaknesses and how can we identify them and know they're coming and all that. So that was good. I think we, I think it let us know exactly how much we needed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just yeah. the, the little like six bullet points on the whiteboard. Yeah. For sure. As far as plot goes, I mean, we really kind of ran down as much as we can say. The main part of the plot is she's pregnant yeah i mean that's something they established pretty early on is and it almost feels like a cop-out to me there's a couple moments in this movie where they set something up and you know something bad's gonna happen because of what just happened and it's not subtle it's like the camera's front and center and it it hangs on those things yeah and um that's sort of what the pregnancy is throughout the entire movie Mm -hmm. we actually now that i'm saying that out loud is kind of a nice uh stroke of genius because you're like well for sure something bad's gonna happen yeah. Which is interesting. And, you know, we kind of have a different take on the whole sort of obvious, like, prelude to certain things happening in the movie. Mm. I saw those as a real positive just because it was, there was no avoiding it. Just like her being pregnant, like, the certain things, you'd know if you watch the movie. There's a certain thing that happens and it's going to lead to something else happening. Are you talking about intercourse leading to a baby? No. Because that is true. And I don't, what do you mean this is like unavoidable things will happen like the baby? Um, there's that one scene with a nail. Okay, sure. Like that scene. And it was really on the nose that like somebody's going to step sure, on a nail. Sure, sure. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything other yeah. than that. But the fact that that was just like so in your face and you had to think about that until something happened or didn't happen. Yeah. That to me was like, I was immediately so tense when I saw that. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God. Sure. There's, I think it's it's Hitchcock that talks about this. And he, he says that, you know, he gives an example between the differences of between suspense and surprise, right? Um, where a surprise might be, I think, I'm not sure this is how he phrases it or if this is even the example he uses, but. You should pull it up real quick. I might. Let me try to see what I can. And then when you speak, I'll try to find it. But All right. like surprise is that you're you're seeing people eating dinner and then out of nowhere, a bomb explodes, right? You're shocked because you didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Suspense is there's a scene before that where you see a countdown timer on a bomb and then you have to sit through the entire dinner knowing that a bomb's going to go off. And that's, I think, what you're talking about, the nail and other things that happen in this movie. It's a it's a very, very well, well executed exercise in suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, yeah, good point. So that's my take on it because that that legitimately messed with my physical well-being yeah, in this man. movie. It's, yeah, yeah. This is definitely like a watching through your fingers kind of, or like just like like this, like clenching up and like squeezing your body tight. And yeah, there, like I said, there was times where I was literally tense and just like, yeah. yeah, so I agree with everything there. My brief overview is that I think it was very well done in that regard. I think it was beautifully shot. There were so many nice colors and they're they, i assume they're like on the east coast or something because this looked very it seemed like, like maine Virginia, or massachusetts yeah, like new england yeah 
um, city because it's, and it's in like the fall, so you have all these beautiful colors and um, they did a good job with the cinematography. There's plenty of beautiful sunset shots, which is a nice juxtaposition on like the scariness of the world, and mm-hmm. you have these moments where it's pretty and and the whole farmhouse was very quaint. It was um, viewing experience wise. Let's get there because. The I think that has a lot to do with the physical tension that I felt. Yeah, the movie is so quiet. Mm-hmm. It's it's not silent like you you know. There's sound, but it's all environmental, and, and everything a, is heightened. Essentially quiet. For, yeah, for all intents and purposes. Yes. But very but you quiet. hear right like you if you're at the farm, you kind of hear some like insects far off and like yeah. maybe wind rustling leaves. But it's but. there's there's maybe maybe like five or six minutes of dialogue total in yeah. this movie. More quiet than any quiet movie I've ever seen in my sure. life. Quietest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, that seems fair. So so when I saw it in Reno, I was at this uh, this luxury IMAX theater, and we didn't see it in the IMAX screen, but they have ushers and people that say things before the movie, and one of the ushers came in and basically explained like the state-of-the-art sound system, and then basically he was like, people have... Uh, commented i think he was trying to talk about complaints but he was very polite people have commented on this being a very quiet movie so please do your best to keep the talking to a minimum and mm-hmm. if you have your phones on we'll escort you out that whole thing the trouble is they don't say anything about snacking because there's no real way to tell people that you have to eat quieter um so i don't know your specifics but i had a few that were like just the crinkling of every wrapper and it was so amplified by the yes. science the science the silence the science, of the environment yeah. the science of silence yeah um, yeah, no. and I'm hyper aware then because there's like moments and it pulls you out of the movie because somebody's eating their, their yeah. Sour Patch Kids well, too loudly. You can't help but be massively aware of it just yeah. because you're sitting in a silent room. It's like sitting in a fish tank. Yeah. I, th- through the walls of the theater, I heard both movies from next door, from one Nuh-uh. direction and the other. Oh, geez. I think we were right next to a theater with like Jumanji or right. some other Rain Johnson movie or <laughs> Skyscraper yeah. or San Andreas. Yeah, whatever the hell he's right. in right now. He's in Rampage. I want to see that movie. Which it one? Looks fun. Rampage? Rampage? It looks really it looks, fun. I'll watch that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking trash either. I love yeah. Dwayne yeah. The Rock Johnson. But anyways, it was just so quiet. You could literally hear a pin drop, but also at times I definitely got noise from mm. the other theaters. I had to shush someone. Yeah, it seems appropriate. I think shushing people in this situation, I, I've talked about my philosophy on shushing. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, politely at first if you can, but if it's in a situation like this, you say what you got to say because yeah. we all pay good money for this and we're all trying to poop ourselves here, so let us be scared. Yeah. Uh, I think people are entirely too narcissistic when it comes to their behavior. Yeah, and unaware. In the world at large. Well, yeah, narcissism sure. is just being so consumed in self-importance. Sure. It leads to an unawareness of how your actions affect anyone around you, be it driving and texting and killing people or drinking and driving or texting in a movie or talking in a movie. Right. Everyone thinks they're so damn important and that what they have to say matters more than anyone else around them enjoying an experience. Right. I mean, we mentioned like doing our snacks. We both waited until there was noise. Yeah. No, I and if you know me, you know I'm a popcorn fiend. Mm -hmm. And I put my popcorn down until it was appropriate. Yeah, it's just too loud, man. The, the noise that. of my own mm-hmm. was just, it bothered me. I'm like, yeah. I'm ruining my own experience. I can hear people around me chewing. Yeah. Not cool. Right. Well, let's let's rate this movie. Nine five. Nine five. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go nine, nine two okay. for me. I'm going to give you a nine five and I'm going to tell you why it wasn't a 10. Please. It was a nine five because I'm judging it on the film that was presented to me. It was definitely not a perfect film. Uh, everything that, I want to change about the film is strictly opinion based and writing based and it's very minuscule complaints, but I feel like a 10 should be reserved for an absolutely perfect movie that I don't want to change anything about. 
So it gets the amazingly good rating of 9.5 just for, for that. It was one of the best horror movies I've seen in the last five years. And I watch a lot of horror movies. Like this movie, it, most of the people in the theater were having some sort of physical reaction. You could look around and see that people were like tense or cringing. And that's not something you get. It wasn't shocking to be shocking. It wasn't contrived in its attempts at being scary. It was really believable. Like everything that was scary that happened to me was like legitimately scary. Yeah. So very genuine horror movie for me. Yeah, it's okay. So I, I agree with you on a lot of that. The only thing different is, well, a couple things, but with regards to your your point of view, is that I don't feel bad criticizing it for some of the writing problems that you're okay with. Yeah. Um. So a lot of my problems with the writing come from decisions that I think these characters wouldn't or shouldn't make for as long as they've been alive. There's some decisions that get made in this movie that in, in like 10 minutes of watching this, I had already had workarounds. I was like, we well, could have done this instead or this. And those things happen enough where it seemed almost lazy to me. Yeah. Uh, lazy writing. But at the same time, if they had done those things, we wouldn't have the movie. So I get that we have to suspend our common sense belief a little bit. But other than that, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed this, this element of having having this deaf daughter who, by the way, so tragically as a father, he spends all of his time trying to get her to be able to hear yeah. in a world with no sounds. Yeah. That's so heartbreaking. But also, so this movie is obviously not just about the monsters. It's about like the lengths that parents will go to defend their children and what that means and what it should mean. And there's this question, obviously there's this pregnancy looming over. It's like, obviously we know that babies are loud. So like what decision might you have to make? And yeah, uncontrollably loud. Right. And if, if you're in a position of protecting your other children, it's, I mean, that's tough. So I get the existential kind of parenting. And then that, that's what I liked about it a lot too. It makes you consider some of these questions. Yeah. Um, but it, it is those decisions for me that keep it from being higher than a 9.3. Okay. And that's really fair. And that's still a phenomenal rating. It's a great movie. So it's been out for a week, a uh, week and a half by the time you hear this, please go see A Quiet Place. We're going to come back after this break. We're going to talk about it with spoilers. We're also going to talk about a beer from Boulevard. Jam Band Berry Ale. Stick around. Johnny, last week, uh, for the first time, I saw Top Gun. Top Gun was so good. And there was some volleyball in there. And I saw some of the best spikes I have ever seen, except for one that is better than all of them. Spikes Bottle Shop's better than Val Kilmer spiking things. Which is a big statement, because that guy has some moves. And he was pretty bodied up in Top Gun. Right. But if you've never been to Spikes Bottle Shop here in Chico, they are a great place who has partnered with our podcast to give our listeners 10% off on whatever they want in the store, just for knowing our secret password, FHC. It's a great deal. They're at 1270 East First Avenue, right off the freeway. And you can go there, get 10% off whatever you want just for listening to this podcast and saying, hey, I want 10% off FHC. Boom. And they give it to you. It's that easy. Spikes Bottle Shop, you guys. Go check them out. You have walked down the sand-covered highway. All the way to the danger zone. Welcome again. If this is your first time in the danger zone. You fucked. Or are you in for a treat? Yeah, this uh, and is that where, was it. Yep, this is where we get real. It's a fuck treat. <laughs> if it's a uh, fucking treat. Man. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let's. Uh, you wanna do beer or, or movie stuff first? No, we always forget the second beer. We do. So let's 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 do this. Let's give this beer its due diligence before we get way deep into a quiet place. Yeah, fair. So as you just heard, he popped open a twelve ounce can of this lusciously pink, bubbly looking. Uh, oh, it's liquid. super pink. It's a little bit darker, actually, once you pour that much. That looks tasty. So, I'm kind of stoked for this one. Yeah, this is a it's a it's a beer from Boulevard, like we said, called Jam Band Berry Ale. It's a purple and 
green Barney looking. It's not Barney. The colors are very Barney like. You guys remember? You remember Barney? I love you. I was almost like, do you guys remember Barney? Like someone's listening live. Um, oh. Anyways, but you picked out this beer again. I assume you got this at Spikes. Yes. Tell me about it, please. So first of all, this this single was about three bucks. It's nice. Like, it was a little like one ninety nine, two ninety nine. So super affordable, and it really spoke to me. Excuse me, I was reaching for the can. Uh, it spoke to me just because of the adjuncts, or not adjuncts, the the fruit additives. There you go. I found out that adjuncts are different. It's, yeah. It's a thing. Sure. But anyways, this berry ale is made with blueberries, red raspberries, and cherries. And it says it's ju- it's a juicy berry trio. And honestly, like the can looked cool. I liked the idea. It seems like appropriate because we're going into kind of springtime. Mm-hmm. I figure I want to research some good outdoorsy beers, some refreshing stuff. Plus, I figured this would be a really nice parallel to the real big IPA that we just did. Yeah, you know? and both musical references, jam band, ska. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the brewery, but still, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, there was no music in this movie. There was music. Was but there? it was like slow droning, kind of like... Dum- yeah. like yeah. Barely. But that's more barely. of a score than like... Sure. Not a soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, we've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read anything off the website? Yeah, if I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. All right. Accordingly, a company. Nope, I can't Sorry, see it. Sorry, man. It's a little bit small. Let me fix it for you. All right. Make it bigger. Um, I am going to teach something new uh, after you read the description. All right. So, Jam Band Berry Ale. It's a fruit ale accompanying a simple malt base. Blueberry, raspberry, and tart cherry play in perfect harmony to create a slightly tart ale that sings with ripe, bursting fruit flavors. Aromas of dark berries, citrus, and melon open the show, bringing to zippy bridging. There you go. Excuse, I still, that's all right. It's the white letters on purple. Anyway, bridging to zippy fruit flavors that meld into an easy drinking summer beer worthy of an encore. Yeah, it is. It's worth pointing out that Boulevard's menu menu website. Uh, I was reading menu on the top corner just to defend myself. Uh, their per beer page correlates with what their can looks like. So the background of this page is sort of a darkish, lightish, pinkish purple. That's cool. With white lettering. So no fault to you for not being able to read that for like eight feet away. Yeah, it's cool. What I wanted to say is they also have these three little facts at the bottom that talk about the ABV, the IBU, and the EBC. I know you guys are like, I know those first two, but what's EBC? Let me go through them. ABV, this is 5.9%. Mm-hmm. Actually in the higher end of, of what you might think of like a frambois would be. But yeah. this is not a frambois, but it looks kind of like one and smells <laughs> like one. And after trying it, I would not have believed that. I was thinking sure. four, four or five. Yeah, it's so it's got a bitterness rating of six. And again, we, we covered this earlier. So it's nothing. Nothing, yeah. Now, it also has this EBC rating, and the rating is eight. And what that means is it's uh, they say it's a European brewery convention, the color of a beer. So the higher the number, the darker the beer. So this mm-hmm. is a fairly light beer. I don't know what the scale is out of. We could probably figure that out, but we're not going to. Yep, this is an eight. Now. So on that scale. For all of you... People with perfect sight and just know the EBC chart in your brain. You know the spectrum. This is right where that is. Yeah. Your initial thoughts on this? This is lovely. This is one of the most mellow. It's This beer is soft. It really hits your palate soft and gentle, and it's nice and smooth. There's really no rough edges in this beer at all. It's not too much of anything. It's super, super clean. I mean, it's refreshing. That's somewhere between beer, fruit punch, and a wine cooler. I was thinking like juice box. Yeah. Yeah. Like ridiculously smooth. I would say this might be one of the better fruited ales that I've had in quite a while. Yeah. I mean, this thing is, it's got a nice smell to it. It smells like it's almost going to be a little tart. Um, It does. And it is for a moment. Barely. Yeah. But then it kind of cools off to a more rounded berry. 
Yeah. Did you say very or very? I can't remember now. Barely. Bar- barely. <laughs> barely tart. The tart yeah. in the way that uh, just barely ripe cherries tart. Sure. Or like a cherry pie filling. That kind yeah, of tart sweet. Yeah, that's exactly sweet. what that is. Yeah, it's, it's a very cherry pie filling type situation. Yeah. You get no hops, a lot of, of fruit, a little bit of the maltiness, but subtle. Really, it's just like a fruit sparkle. I mean, yeah. I this is real close to like not even tasting like beer. Yeah, it's yeah. It's this crazy. actually does kind of taste like a frambois or a uh, what's yeah. another like a like a lambic. Yeah, yeah. definitely like right a really sweet lambic. Yeah, and I like it because it's not too sweet either. No, it's I not. Mean, it's out I, of yeah. ten, I would say it's like a three. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably close. It's, it's. I think the 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 tartness and the sweetness kind of balance each other out. Because when I first tasted it, it was. Got that cherry bitterness, and then it sort of just kind of just rolled into a little fruity snowball of because oh, you figure flavors. You have the cherries, mm-hmm. dark cherries mm-hmm. are going to be robust and sweet and like f- a big full flavor. Raspberries, they're going to be a little bit of a tang. They add a lot of the color. That's what makes it like pink, you know. And but then blueberries that are just kind yeah, of like a yeah. r- ripe blueberries, very like mushy tasting. And I think it's really interesting. I've never had those three f- fruits in a beer before together. I yeah, man. That. You know what this reminds me of hmm. um, is a less. Did I cut you off? No. Okay. Is a is a less amazing version of the Nuglaris raspberry oh, that we did. Yeah. What is it? does that have a name or is it just called Nuglaris? Oh no, it's serendipity. It's got, is it serendipity. Because this is like the raspberry is, tart. Yeah, this is a raspberry beer, and it's fronted by cherry tartness and rounded off by blueberries at the end. Yeah. I mean, that's like the whole middle ground there is raspberry to me. Yeah, this is a beer I'll be reaching for again. This is real good for summertime. Like, I really like this beer. Yeah, I'm gonna do my best to uh, to find their distribution here and see how long it's it's around. But it seems like they're not saying anything about it being limited to a season. I would imagine it's gonna be out for a, you know at least the summer, the summer time, right? Yeah. yeah, you would think. Oh, look at that was the year round list. There we go. So we'll maybe, scan this real quick. But yeah, I mean, and obviously, oh, it's year round. Okay, so that answers that question. This is Boulevard out of Kansas City. Again, if you guys didn't know, they were from Missouri. They are, and it's uh, year round. And I, it's weird because I don't think I've ever seen that around Chico. Have you? It's new. Cool. It's it's on the newer side. That's why I wanted to do it as well. And cool. this is a perfect beer for Chico summer. Oh, dude, you know what this would be good with? This would be, and I'm not one of those guys who likes mixing beers that often, but this would be a great mix with with like a Summerfest or something. Mm. Is that weird? Maybe that wouldn't be no, good. No, I'd be down with that. But just like a little bit of a splash just of, add of some, fruity. Because like, I love Summerfest by Sierra Nevada. That's a that's a good beer to No, me. I very often will will squeeze a fresh lime into a Summerfest. That sounds great. It's delicious. But I mean, adding a little splash of this beer, or even 50-50, could be fun. You yeah. Because those are both really delicious, light, lagery beers. Yeah, as it turns out, we didn't quite scroll far enough in their website. I want to touch on some tasting notes real quick. Let's do it. Cool. What do they say? They break down five different categories. Aroma, bright, juicy berries, melon, which I didn't get, but subtle citrus also. It says malt, minimal supporting malt sweetness. I suppose that's probably true. Uh, the balance, they write sweet fruit, crisp acidity, and it's a light to medium body. That's great. They for, offer f- for, for how you've skipped one for hops. They didn't put anything. There are <laughs> none, none, none available. available. Uh, they, al- they also give you some food pairing ideas. They have creme brulee, angel food cake, creamy cheeses, light citrusy salads, grilled pork chops, strawberry shortcake, sherbet. Crunchy grooves. I don't know what a crunchy groove is. I think it's a chip. That's music terms, bro. Crunchy grooves, bro. Crunchy grooves. Um, what is cool about this website though is they also give you some home brewing facts. You can totally do this can, recipe. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They use uh, an English ale yeast, fermented at sixty-six degrees, seventy time, seventy minute boil time, 
yeah, you could you could recreate this, which is a pretty cool thing. You would need to experiment a bit sure. with quantities of the 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 juices. But I but, mean, yeah, yeah, overall. I mean, that's a pretty that's that a pretty, pretty cool, cool thing to put on your website. That's that's literally the way to get people to stop buying your stuff sometimes. Like if I can make it myself. Yeah, but also I'd rather just go buy a six pack. That's true. Not all Especially at like less than three bucks a can. Yeah, I mean, right. I will be taking this on the river. I think it is literally more expensive probably to brew this yourself. 100%. Yeah. Plus, I mean, when people say things like that, they never account for what their own time is worth. Right. And like for brewing, like buying all the materials too. Yeah. Like, you have, that's a huge initial cost. Plus, my time is valuable. You know, like yeah. I got stuff to do. Um, Boulevard rep recommends that you drink this out of a tulip glass. And then they had a fun. This is why I like websites that are up to date. And because, right. you know. They offer tulip glasses on the website for six bucks, and I might get one just for the fact that I really like how friendly this has been. Honestly, as a we searching should, experience. We should tweet at them because their yeah. website is damn sexual. Yeah. All right, so let's rate this sucker and Deal. get back to a quiet place. Uh, you first, dude. This is a nine. This beer's phenomenal. Like this is maybe this is like top three, like berry. Are you counting the new Glarus in this? Are you counting that yeah. st those styles of beer? Yeah. Okay. Just anything like with berry, like a heavy berry forward beer. Yeah. I mean, the ones in front of this one for on me on my list are going to be like, you know, creeks, like a, yeah, sure. a Cantillon Creek. Yeah. Like, which is a cherry sour, Yep. you know, but for non-sour fruited beers, this is way up there. I mean, this is, if you're in the mood for that, like wine coolery, like spritzer almost, dude, this is so refreshing. Yeah, man, this is, what'd you say, nine, five or nine? Nine. Yeah, this is a solid nine for me, too. Really, and then ice cold. Imagine that ice cold. I imagine this over ice would be great. Like, I was just thinking that. I know so it's tasty. a sin. Bring it to me. No, that's fine. I'm good with it. Uh, yeah, nine for me as well. Um, I do. I would shout out more people if I like heard from more people, but instead we just, I think we're always talking about our Patreon people because we communicate with them the most. Yeah. Um, so John Wallam, if you're listening, um, if you are not John Wallam, you know John Wallam from last week's episode. He was on chatting with us. John, if you have any new Glarus line around or still have that hookup with that fella, I would love to put these side by side. That'd be fun. Uh, if you need, like, if you need to ship them, we will cover your shipping costs and we'll do like a whole tasting test. Allegedly, yeah. we would ship beer across state lines. So, so they can ship stuff. Like, we'll do it through through a shipping service. I can't believe that my phone is not in silent mode. Yeah, it is actually. That was my iPad. I guess. Oh. Anywho, but, oh, to, so like, we'll get through you're Tavor. Only supposed to do that in California. We'll get it through Tavor. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, well, once if they have, yeah they've offered it perfect before. well it'll be fine either way we'll make it happen we'll do it if it's legal if not I'm, i'll drive there myself and i'll get them if you got one in your cupboard if not we're taking a road trip to wisconsin yeah dude anyways this is real good this has been jam band Barrio by boulevard and it's a great beer get it at spikes while you can both very affordable both of our beers today are seriously you could walk these out are, of there under seven bucks for these two beers yeah which these is are two rad. wins actually you could get out of there for under six 54 if you with our discount. promo code FHC. I don't know math, but I think that's close. Ugh. Okay, let's jump back to a quiet place for the last bit of our segment here. I want to talk about some spoilers, some things I liked and some things I didn't like. Let's do it. Okay. Number one, let's talk about the nail. We already mentioned it once. Let's discuss what the nail scene was. Yes. Yeah. Well, so there's this scene where, where Emily Bunt's doing laundry, right? And then she's going back up the stairs. Her laundry snags. She pulls on the laundry. A nail sticks straight up. We're all like, she's stepping on that later. Okay, so not only does it snag and she just forces the laundry bag. Yes. Which was very, like, unbelievable. Yeah, it's, that's the thing that I'm talking about, like, this behavior. You've been living in dead silence with, with fear of, like, dropping 
a feather yeah, on anything. the ground. And she snags and she's just yanking it as hard as she can. She almost falls over. It's like, I don't think you would do that. And if you do, I think you probably haven't lived this long. Yeah, because she never checked to see if she like pulled up a snag in the wood or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, one of my other major problems, obviously, the, mm. like we talked about this. But she does the, step on the nail if you haven't, if you didn't see the movie, you don't care. Oh, yeah. She steps on it all the way. Oh, and it was rough. It was, yeah. oh, it's crazy. It affected me more than Max, but that's but, yeah. personal I nail stepping yeah. preference. You ever stepped on a I nail? I have stepped on a nail. I haven't. When I was young, I was like six. See, and it, I've never done it. Yeah. So maybe just the fear of the unknown feeling. Yeah, it went, it went straight into my foot in such a way that I thought I had Tetris. Because oh. I went just like this with my bone. Oh, I, uh, I'm slowly sliding in a Tetris like palm reference palm. instead of tetanus. Yeah. But I think it works because of the thing that I'm doing with my hand. That would have been rough. Yes. Anyways. Yeah. You know, one of my major like real issues with this movie is that they got pregnant after know, dude. after this all was happening. They're like, yeah. At the beginning of the movie, they lose a kid. Yeah. So let's say it's 40, 45 days in. Is that right? Yeah. It's they, 45 days in. They're walking along these tracks. Long story short, they lose a kid. But yeah. Kid makes a bad decision. They lose their littlest kid. More than nine months later, yeah. they have another baby. Yes. Which means... So, like, she wasn't pregnant when that happened. No. So she... Yeah. That's... To me, that's, like, the number one. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Look, man. I, I get it. I assume... You know, obviously, it's a stressful life. I don't even want to imagine what it's like trying to have intercourse in dead silence that's got to be tough yeah right but the fact that they even try it and then you're a screamer right? also have a baby i scream at everything you're a screamer you don't even want to i just like at this movie i was screaming yeah so for sure so that's my probably my biggest beef with the plot it's just it was such a dumb choice and like i, I can't even find a way to justify it but let's just assume i don't, I don't know let's just because she doesn't have birth control at this point because they're not manufacturing new medicine probably right. maybe they had condoms lying around yeah and a condom broke maybe fine that's cool fine they're gonna have a kid still the other stuff it still doesn't work for me yeah they're, they're they had like 30 pictures hanging on the wall of this house that they kind of abandoned yeah and she like brushed one casually and it's like swinging on the nail and she just keeps walking it's like why would you even leave those on the wall yeah, you know like that's a dead give that you need to do better at being prepared yeah so yeah and obviously i mean i don't know i've watched a lot of like survival horror movies yeah so maybe like and also i kind of fancy myself as like an amateur like outdoorsman and have like a decent mind for not dying sure so like in a situation like that you're anything and everything humanly possible to be silent yeah. you're doing yeah i would have died so fast when this happened. Do you want to know why? I'm going to guess. Farting. Snoring. Oh, close. Another bodily so, Sometimes sound. Sometimes both. Yeah. But for sure snoring. Like night one. I'm Man, dead. I don't... That would suck. Yeah, I guess you would Think be. Think about I'd have to find a waterfall to sleep under. Which is another thing. Why are they still living in that house? Go live next to the Hoover Dam or, or something. Yeah, like live next to somewhere loud. Yeah. I don't know, man. That was... Uh, yeah, that was just seemed dumb. Well, let's say... The little monsters that are killing everything, they can't hear you if there's a louder noise sure. near you. So it's safe for them to like talk to each other when they're near this waterfall. Yeah. And it's obviously like it could be a strategy that's way more vastly employed in their universe than it was. Yes. They're like, we're just going to scream at the waterfall and not use this knowledge yeah. to protect ourselves at all. It's like that episode. I don't know why I thought of this, but you remember Smallville with. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like a scene where he's. Cause he's like Superman, but he's just slowly getting his powers back or 
something happens where he has super hearing, but he forgot how to regulate it. Mm. So he was like in this loud environment and just all the noises are overpowering him. And he like just has a panic attack. And that's basically what happens to these monsters when they are exposed to loud noises or as it turns out, very high pitched frequencies. Yeah. As we learned in the, the conclusion of the yeah. movie. I mentioned this to somebody coming out of the movie too. There was that, there was that um, thing that he wrote on his whiteboard, like what's their weakness. And like, no, like they, all they know about these monsters is that they have strong, tough armor and they can hear things a long way away. Yeah. If that's all I know. And I'm trying to pick out which one of those is a weakness. <laughs> like maybe, maybe their ears are too sensitive. Yeah. Maybe make loud noises always. Mm hmm. That's, you know, I don't know. Maybe, because every time someone got attacked in the movie, it was after they'd made a loud noise and then gone silent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the key is to just cover yourself in bells. Yeah. I think louder than that would probably have to happen. But, like, you know, like Spider-Man 3, Venom. Yeah, yeah, Where he's, like, freaking out because he's in the circular bell thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I like this movie, though. Yeah. I feel like when we get to the danger zone, it's easy to harp on oh, bad yeah, things. Well, and this is all just stuff we're picking at. Yes. For sure. It's just like stuff that they obviously could have done better, but I mean, whatever. It was still a kick-ass movie. Dude, you know it was crazy. This is a good... I want to talk about acting a little bit uh, in the last couple Can of I just here. say that the, the main character is Jim from The Office? Everybody knows that. I you're, didn't. You're the only person on the face of the earth that doesn't know that. I don't think so. It's, I do think I'm so. I'm pretty sure you're exaggerating. I'm probably a little bit, but you know. Everybody, it's John Krasinski. Everybody knows that's him. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't have told you Jim from the office's, office's name. Wow. That's so sad. Man. John Krasinski? Can you tell me anybody else's name from the office? You know Steve Carell. Dwight Schrute. His real name? Nope. You oh, know. wait. Isn't it like Owen or no? It's kind of like Owen. Uh, Orwin? Rowan? It's not that. It's Rain. Rain. Rain Wilson. There it is. Uh, other than that, no. All right. That's fine. Anyways, yes, that is him. And I love seeing him in more serious roles because I think he does a good job. He, I told you this. He signed on to direct and star in a horror, sci-fi horror movie called Life on Mars. You did tell me that. Which will be fun. Yeah. Should be good. What I was going to say is there's that moment where his kid's about to be taken in the beginning, right? There's the, the rocket ship thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the rocket ship goes off. And that face that he makes turning around, mm -hmm. like he looks, he's like, like. Yeah. I, I don't even know because he's holding another baby. Yeah. Which I don't know where that baby went. I guess they like handed, she, that was the son, by the way. It was yeah, it was a bigger kid. It wasn't a baby. That's true. He's an in, like a toddler. And he was older, call. was he? Well, so the no, kid, so yeah, that was the like, one because the kid that was sick at the beginning is the older brother for sure. Yeah, okay, the, the one, one that the with, waterfall. Yeah, the one with the the spaceship was the younger brother. He was just that's being, the one that died. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He was just being carried everywhere because he was super sick. Oh, okay. So how old do you think he was? Six. You think that seven? Old? Maybe younger. I think he was yeah. Well, that might be right. And then the the. The little one that, that got eaten in the very beginning was probably four. He was four or five. Four or five, yeah. Um, but anyways, when John Krasinski turns around and is like, like he knows that kid's going to die. And he still has everything. He spends as hard as he can and just misses him. Yeah. That's so sad. And I then Emily Blunt, obviously, great job. Yeah, she's just great. Yeah. I've seen, she's been in so much good also stuff. Also that weird old dude that uh, commits sound to suicide. Pretty, sound, pretty sound, tragic. Sound to side. Sound to side. Thank you for that. Yeah. No, that was yeah. that was a crazy scene too. Mm -hmm. Overall, crazy movie. What do you think of the monsters in this? I liked them. Yeah. I really liked the way they were animated I liked and them like too. the way their heads opened up way more. Bothered me on like, a visceral yeah, level. Just it was so gross. And it was also stringy and like looked like blood and guts and like the inside of some weird beetle. But again, like you know, we had like the full world's military and and with all the intelligence, nobody like studied these and was like maybe we shoot it there. Maybe that's its weakness. Yeah. When its entire head opens up and it looks like it's all gooey brain. Yeah. Shoot it right there. That'd be a good place to shoot it. Dumb idiots. Yeah. We should run the world. We, we should. Be so prepared for this. 100%.
Unless, of course, this is all fictionized. Fictionized? Fictionalized. Or I ever have to sleep. Yeah. We would be screwed. I would have to do so many drugs. I would just never be able to sleep. Yeah. That's fine. That's like Nightmare on Elm Street. Oof. That'd be crazy. Yeah, I couldn't sleep. I would die. I hate that Nightmare on Elm Street. That's scary. We should cover that movie. I don't want to watch it again, but we do it. I'd do it. That that idea scares me so much. Dude, that's a horror movie for me. Like in this universe, I didn't think about that till right now. Like if I went to sleep in that universe of this movie, I would die. Yeah. Yeah. You die so fast. Man, a crossover between like Nightmare on Nightmare on Silent Hill. On a quiet street. Yeah. Quiet Silent Hill. Silent Hill's which one? That wasn't about silence. But it was the cannibals or something? Kind of with Pyramid Head and no, it was a video I'm thinking game. of they're they're like all inbred and they live in a nuclear. Oh, that fallout. was um, House Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, ugh, that movie was gross. that was freaked me out too, man. It was gross. Yeah, pretty good though. I think I I'm there. I'm there, man. This okay. has been Fresh Hop Cinema on some Boulevard beer, some ska brewing beer, mm-hmm. and what was the movie? A I quiet. Keep- I, I say that because I keep wanting to say a silent place. I know. No, it's a quiet place. A quiet um, place. And overall, one of the higher rated across the board between beer and movies episodes. This is a good episode. Podcast. Yeah, we had, Ever. A, had a couple stinkers the last few, I think. But There's, I'm it's not been sure. hit or miss, just like anything. Movies, beer, you know, whatever. It's hit yeah. or miss, man. All right. So last bit of housekeeping. Like we said, um, it'd be fun to... We love people on Patreon, but we'd like to also know you. If you're not on Patreon, even if you don't want to join, you can tweet us or Instagram or Facebook us, and we won't be like, oh, hey, join Patreon. Like, we'll just talk to you. Yeah. Um, so find us at all those places. If you do want to join Patreon, it's Fresh Hop Cinema. That's what comes after yep. the Patreon.com. Mm, we're coming back next week. Yeah, we'll what be else? back next week, possibly a special guest. Correct. We're waiting for confirmation. We could have our very first special guest. Is it fair and, to say that we have our movie locked in for next week? Yeah, next week we're doing Isle of Dogs, new Wes Anderson flick. Yes. Also, if you try either of these beers after our recommendations, you need to get at us. Yeah, please let us know, because the, especially these ones, they're so good. Yeah, I want people to try them both, and I want to talk about them. If you're a person listening right now, because as a podcast listener, sometimes I hear podcast people say, okay, if you're listening, let us know. And I'm like, nah, they don't want to hear from me. We do want to hear from you. I legitimately do. Like, if you are listening to this, we want to hear your opinions. And just say hello. We It's, it's Wait, really fun. hold on. You. I'm looking at you. Yeah, I can see you even though you're listening to me. Sounds like a bad infomercial. You. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Do you want bigger muscles? Do you want to talk to us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook about beer? Yeah. Well, then do it. Maybe you're like me and you just don't understand the point of Twitter. And then I did Twitter for this podcast. And it's so fun because it's like you can just, it's like a short form blog. Yeah. You can just check in with people. And sometimes I'm on the road and I'm lonely and Johnny's at work and he's bored and we would love to just, you know, chat. Exactly. That's our goal for this week, I guess. We're just trying to connect, talk to more people. Bro, yeah. Connect. Um, in the meantime, I suppose we'll get out of your ears. Yeah. Um, Patreon people, look out for some bonus content coming your way uh, mid next week. We got another bonus 10 spots. Mid six this fantastic- week. Yeah, sorry. Mid this week. Uh, some, some six fantastic facts. And um, I think that's it. Yeah. We're going to be dropping some knowledge on our Patreon people about the next event soon, too. So if you want to get involved with that, join up. And don't get left out. Word up. I'm Max Bonardi. I'm Johnny Summers, and this is Fresh Hop Cinema. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.